0: Good morning, friends. Good morning, good morning. Glad you're here. Again, I know masks are not fun, right? I'm glad I get to preach because they have to take it off when I preach. But I'm glad you're here. And, uh, you know, Christians have dealt with a lot more hardship than wearing masks, right? I mean, the early early church, did you know that they used to take Christians and burn them like candles and, and, and line the roads that the Roman Empire used to do that? And so this is not the worst thing we've ever faced. If you have a Bible... Um, I'd ask you to turn to Matthew chapter 8. And I understand a lot of us, I love to hold a real live Bible in my hand. I just love the feel of it. I like kind of the old school, kind of a ludite. However, what I find often is I'm often using the icon of my phone, uh, the Bible app. And you know what? Billy Graham says the best Bible is the one you'll actually read. So go ahead and whip, whip out the smartphone or your Bible or whatever you have. Okay, so first, where are we? Um, we're in a series on the kingdom of God, on the kingdom of God. Um, and in this time of really a lot of ugliness and a lot of brokenness, that you, you all see it, right? Some of you see it so much you've actually said, you know what, I'm taking a breather from Facebook. I'm taking a breather from social media. I, maybe I'm even taking a breather from the news. I just cannot take any more of this ugliness and bitterness and brokenness in. Um, and isn't it a wonderful thing that this world is not all that, that there is? See, there's the kingdom of this world, and you see it, and it's ugly. It's the fruit of the flesh in Galatians. It's bitterness and anger and all the things that people are being destroyed. But the great news for us this morning is that God has his kingdom, and his kingdom is literally, the the theologians say, it's breaking in. It's here, but it's not fully here, right? The kingdom is here. Last week, Tim talked about how um, there's a king, and his name is? Mary Mac, do you know? There's a king, and his name is Jesus, and he has a kingdom. And he said that, that Jesus was made. Um, he was inaugurated king on the cross in the very act of humbling himself, uh, even to death, death on the cross. That it was at that point that Jesus was inaugurated as king, and the and the kingdom started to come when he humbled himself, himself even to death, death on the cross. Okay, so. The theme for today is not about when Jesus became king. The theme for today is that the kingdom of God is both inclusive and exclusive. The kingdom of God, the king's kingdom, is inclusive. Hallelujah. It's also exclusive. And so we're going to take a look at that today. If you're at Matthew 8, we're going to be Matthew 8, verse 10 and following. I think I might just read, read the whole thing so we have the context. It says this. So, uh, what what had been happening is Jesus went to Capernaum, where he did his ministry, and there was a Roman centurion. He was he was a um, like a soldier over soldiers, kind of like my son is a now lieutenant commander. I'm very proud of him. Go Navy! Sorry about your game yesterday, but go Navy. Um, and so Jesus finds this Roman centurion, who the Jews would have considered a pagan dog, right? They they. A lot of the Jews, especially the religious Jews, they hated the Gentiles. They hated the pagan dogs. I mean, to them, they weren't even real people. Almost like in our country, believe it or not, at one point they said people of color were three-fifths human. What the heck does that mean? How do you write the, the Constitution and say all you say and then have this other belief? But the reality is Jesus is in Capernaum and there's this Gentile, non-Jew, pagan, soldier, centurion, and he has such faith and trust in Jesus that Jesus is blown away. And this is what the, the text says. When Jesus heard this, i.e., this pagan man's incredible trust and faith in Jesus, when Jesus heard this, it says that Jesus what? What does your Bible say? Jesus did what? He, he marveled and, and, and said something. Another version, I think it's the NIV, it says that Jesus, when he saw this man's faith, was astonished. You know, I'm 61 years old, and there ain't much that astonishes me anymore, right? You've seen it. Haven't you seen it? There's almost nothing that astonishes you. I mean, I've seen some wild things in 61 years. Well, what about the Ancient of Days, the Alpha and Omega? Do you think he's seen some pretty amazing things? Do you think he spoke and mountains and seas came into existence? And yet that same God who, if, if we ascend the heights, he's there. If we go to Sheol, make our bed there, he's there. There's nothing the Lord has not seen. And yet how could he be amazed? But the scripture recounts that Jesus was amazed. The same God who spoke the creation into existence was amazed when he saw this pagan who had more faith than the Jews, than his own people. When Jesus heard this, he, he saw his faith. He marveled. He was astonished. And he says, truly, I tell you, in no one in Israel have I found such faith as this Roman uh, centurion, this Gentile, this pagan uh, man. I am astonished at the faith he has more than anyone in all of Israel. And he says, I I tell you, many will come, many will come from east and west. And they're going to recline at table with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. So the first thing we need to ask ourselves is, uh, is Jesus uh, astonished at your faith? Is he amazed at your faith? What does your faith look like? You know, the Lord actually cares. He cares about whether you've received this gift of grace. He cares. Are you trusting in him? I mean, I know as a parent, I, I want my children to be able to trust me. I want my grandchildren to just trust granddaddy, Papa Quick. I want them to trust me and know that I mean them good and not harm. And I want them, and then a few times I ask them to do something, I want them to obey. But the question is, is the Lord looks at your relationship or non-relationship with him. Is he grieved or is he astonished? Is he amazed? Oh, I hope so, friends. If you're walking with him, then he is marveling that you have received this gift and you're walking in it. And so the main point of the first two lines, verses 10 and 11, is that Jesus is commending somebody that is not one of the chosen. He's commending somebody who's not Jewish. He's commending somebody that is a pagan. And he says, I I can't even find such faith in all of Israel. And so we see, friends, that the kingdom is inclusive. Inclusive. Oh, that sounds very good, doesn't it? The kingdom is inclusive. What does that mean? What does that mean to say the kingdom is inclusive? What that means is the kingdom of God is not only for a certain Type of person. It's not only for Jew. It's not only for white people. It's not only for Westerners. Uh, the scripture tells us in many scriptures that the kingdom of God is inclusive. It's open, right? Jesus said, "When I am lifted up on the cross, I will draw all men to myself." Right? We see in the scriptures uh, not only does a Gentile Roman soldier come to faith, and that's amazing, but we see that the Lord. Once, he says, I wish that none would perish, right? I came not to condemn, but to save. Let's look at a couple of scriptures. Isaiah 25. The Lord, speaking through the prophet Isaiah, says this. On this mountain, you can look at that one. That's a pretty one. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Doug. You love good food. The Lord's going to make a feast of rich food. And he says he's gonna make a feast of well aged wine. Wow. Do you see what the goodness and the kindness of God he's gonna have a feast? But the question is, who's gonna be at that feast? He's gonna be at that banquet feast. We'll get there. He says, On this mountain, the Lord of hosts says he will make for all peoples a feast of rich food and a feast of well aged wine. So who's gonna be at the feast? Who's invited to the feast? All peoples. That's inclusive. Let's go to another verse, John 3.16. You know that one. Like if you ask any school child, hey, give me a Bible verse, Jesus wept. But if you went to Sunday school more than twice, what did he learn? John 3.16, probably in the King James. Here it is. For God so loved the? Hey, man, I love our country. I do, and I'm not ashamed to admit it. My son's serving our country right now. But you know what? The kingdom of God's a lot bigger than one country. It says, for God so loved the world, the world, that he gave his only begotten son that, that, whosoever. You friends in this, when I type my notes out, I made them bold. For God so loved the world, bold letters, that he gave his only begotten son that, bold letters, whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And so, in this, you see the love of God for everyone, for the entire world. And he's saying that whoever would believe. So this is both inclusive and exclusive. It's inclusive because it's the invitation is for the whole world. And it's inclusive because he says, so that whosoever believes in him. But it's exclusive in that, you know what? Not everyone will inherit the kingdom. What is required? Again, the world, God loves the world. And anyone who believes, says, whosoever believes will not perish. But but there's a condition, isn't there? What's the condition? You have to believe. You have to trust. When Jesus says, I'm the King of kings and the Lord of lords, I'm the way, I'm the gate, I'm the good shepherd. Faith is saying, not just that I have facts in my head, but no, Lord, I believe that, I trust that, I step into that, I rest in that. You are King of kings, Lord of lords. The Bible says you confess with your mouth, you believe and trust in your heart that Jesus is Lord. And so we see the inclusiveness, a feast for all people. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever. We go now to Revelation 7, 9. And I know that you won't remember these, but maybe you write down the citations. Maybe instead of me just feeding you like baby food that's been pre-digested for you, maybe we give you these scriptures and they're like a catalyst, and you go home this week, and you read them, and you think about them. Revelation 7, 9 says this, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude, a great multitude that no one could count. And then pay attention, people, listen to this. He says, from what? Every nation, tribe, people, and language. They were standing there before the throne and before the Lamb of God and they were wearing white robes. In other words, people from every tongue, nation, tribe, black, brown, white, people from the east, people from the west, tall people, short people, fat people, skinny people, grumpy people, bad people, because that's all the Lord has to choose from. No one's good, he says, but God alone. And so we see the inclusiveness of the king and the inclusiveness of his kingdom. And we say, isn't that great? Isn't that great? And that's really good news because some of you, like me, you we need a God who's inclusive, right? I remember when I came to Christ and I told my fraternity brothers I was a Christian and they laughed, they laughed at me. They're like, you a Christian? That's the funniest thing I've ever heard of. But you know what? Just like the Roman centurion was not outside, the Lord's arm was not too short to save him. The Lord's love was not too, too small to grab and apprehend him. It's the same with a lost fraternity boy. It's the same with anyone who's lost. This morning, if you're ashamed of your life and you're filled under condemnation and you're tired of the train wreck of your life, the Lord says, come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come to me. Come to me. People of every nation, every tribe, every language. And isn't that great news for those of us who mess up and our lives are train wrecks? And So this is really happy news. You know, when growing up in a fairly liberal denomination, We were taught this little song in Sunday school. Give me a C note. All God's children got a place in the choir. Some sing low, some sing higher, some sing out loud on the telephone wire. All God's children got a place in the choir. Okay, that is a horrible song, not very well sung, but it's, in some sense it's great because it's pointing to the inclusiveness of the kingdom of God. The problem was, growing up in the church I grew up in, they thought everybody was saved. If you have a pulse, then you're a Christian. If you breathe the breath of life in you, then you're you're good. You're good. God's got you because God is love and God loves everybody. Friends, that is a half-truth. It is absolutely true the kingdom is inclusive. Jesus' arms wide open on the cross, not for one tongue, not for one tribe, but for whosoever would come. And yet, we see, friends, uh, that, that the kingdom of God actually is exclusive as well. Jesus said, I am the gate, right? Narrow is the way of those who enter therein, but wide is the way that leads to destruction. Wide, and many, many will enter therein. And so Jesus was saying, you know what? Not everybody's going to get into heaven, not everybody's going to be a child of God because they don't want to receive the gift, they don't want to worship me. The invitation's there, the invitation's inclusive, but there's a condition. The condition is you have to believe and trust that Christ is who he said he is. You have to really believe it, not just in your head, but so much so that you trust God and you walk in that. That's what faith is, trusting and believing enough that you not only say it with your mouth, but but you have a relationship and you look to Christ, you believe what he said about himself, and so much so that you want to follow him. Now, you don't need to be Jewish. You don't need a secret decoder ring to get in the kingdom of God. But you must have what? What did the Roman centurion have? That pagan dog in Capernaum, what did he have that Jesus commended? He had faith. And we know, friends, you know this because you've read the scriptures. You know that faith is what? It is a a gift, right? But without faith, the Bible says it's impossible to please God. And so we see this thing that we were never taught in our churches growing up. Look in verse 12. Again, Jesus has just said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm marveling at the, the faith of this uncircumcised Philistine. I'm marveling at the faith, face of this pagan Gentile. Um, and, 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 and there's going to be a feast and people from east and west are going to come and it's going to be amazing. But then he says in verse 12 something they didn't expect. Because they're all going, yay, God, this is great. All God's... People have, a, what does it say, all God's children have a place in the choir. Some sing low, some sing higher, right? And what he's saying is, you know what, that's not true. Not everyone is in the kingdom of God. He said, wide is the way that leads to destruction, right? Narrow is the gate that leads to eternal life, and few enter therein. But here in verse 12, what do we see? We see, it says, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into outer darkness... In that place, there's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And so out of the mouth of Jesus, little old Jesus, Jesus is saying, you know what? The invitation's for for all. I died. I gave my life for everyone, even the vilest sinner, the one who's the furthest away, the worst person on the planet. I gave my life for him. But not everyone will receive. Many are called, but few are chosen. And you see here that some subjects of the kingdom, people who don't believe, it says they're going to be thrown into outer darkness in a place that's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And many of you are saying, Quig, I like the first part of this passage better than the second part. I like the inclusivity of Jesus. I just don't know if I like this exclusivity. But let's see, is Quig making this up or is this something that we, we find in uh, the rest of scripture? Do all dogs go to heaven? Do all people go to heaven? What does the scripture say? Let's take a look. And these are references. The first one is what Jesus said to Nicodemus. Do you remember? The religious leader, Nicodemus. He was kind of a big deal. And Jesus says right to him, he says, Nicodemus, unless a man is born again, unless he has a new birth, a, a spiritual birth, rebirth, unless a man is born again or born from above, he will not enter the kingdom. And so there you start to see the exclusivity of the kingdom. Not everyone gets in. Only those who believe and trust in the Lord Jesus. Here's another one. How about, um, how about the sheep and the goats? you remember that story from Matthew 25? Brian, you remember that one, Matthew 25? There's a judgment. and It says the shepherd is going to separate the sheep from the goats. The sheep from the goats. The sheep are his children. The sheep are ones that have a relationship. The sheep are ones that are going to be with him for all eternity. And the goats are ones that will get judgment because they are not his children. Out of the mouth of Jesus, sweet little Jesus, he's telling the truth. There are sheep and there are goats, and there's going to be a separation. How about this one from Matthew 13? You know about the wheat and the tares? You know about the wheat and the tares? Do you even know what the word tares is? I didn't either, so I looked at a more modern version of the Bible, and it calls it the wheat and the weeds. And in, in the story, it's like, hey, hey, we got all this beautiful wheat growing up. If you ever had a garden, you know about that. You have some beautiful thing growing up, but there's some weeds around it. Why don't we just pull those weeds out to protect this nice wheat? And he says, no, 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 not yet, not yet. Because if you do that, you're going to pull the weeds up. You're probably going to rip out the good stuff, the wheat. He says, wait till the end. But at the end, there is going to be a separation, just like the sheep and the goat. There's going to be a separation, and they're going to bind all the wheat, the good stuff. They're going to bind the wheat And they're going to put it into the barn. See, that's a provision. But for the weeds, what are they going to do with the weeds? They're going to bundle those up as well, and they're going to put them on the fire, and they're going to be burned up. So Jesus, again, is talking about the exclusivity of the kingdom. Wheat and weeds, sheep and goats, those who are born again and those who are not, those who have faith and those who don't. Matthew 7, he says, wide is the way that leads to destruction, and sadly, many will enter therein. You know what, a lot of I don't feel equipped to share my faith with anybody. I don't feel equipped. Well, guess what? You probably aren't. You're not smart enough to debate somebody in the kingdom of God. You're not. I'm not either. How many years of seminary do you need to be able to debate somebody in the kingdom? I had seven years. You know what? I still can't debate somebody in the kingdom. Because faith is a gift given from the Lord. It's a gift. Jesus said, not all who say, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom. Not all. If you want to, The motivation for sharing your faith is not how good you're going to share it. You know what? Jesus can speak from a donkey. You remember the story of Balaam's ass? The Lord can speak through an animal. He can speak through Pharaoh. I've had unsaved people, and the Lord has used them in my life to speak truth to me. And so, friends, here we're seeing that not all that say the words, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom. And so the, the kingdom is inclusive. It's also exclusive. You know, the most, uh, most amazing thing is while it is exclusive, the Lord just keeps knocking. You know, he says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. I mean, even the last words in the last book of the Bible, you know what that book is? Revelation. Do you know the last chapter of the last book of the Bible? Revelation Revelation 22. Do you know what Jesus in Revelation 22, the parting words, do you know what he says? The spirit and the bride say, come. The spirit and the bride say, come. I don't care what you've done in the past. I'm inviting you. The spirit, the Holy Spirit of God and the bride say, please come, come to me. Just like Jesus said, come to me, all you that travel are heavy laden. But the last words are the spirit and the bride say, come. If anyone's thirsty, for, the, for, for the, the fountain of life, the Spirit says, come, come. So the invitation's there, that you would come and receive the gift. Friends, a lot of us, we, we, we welcome the, the inclusivity of God. We all want, want, want God to be this big teddy bear where everybody gets in. But the truth is, God will never stick a gun to anybody's head and say, you must love me, you must worship me. That would be under compulsion, and that's not love. Do you understand That's It's not love. Could you imagine if your dog was was programmed by the vet, and he had to jump up in your lap and lick you and be be all sweet to you, but you knew it wasn't really the dog doing it. The vet had programmed him to do that. Would you feel love? No, you wouldn't because you'd know it was fake. And so the Lord, in a similar way, is saying um, the invitation for the kingdom is open to all. It's open to all, but it's also very exclusive. You cannot enter the kingdom of God unless you put your faith and trust in me, unless you're willing to, as Jesus says, to repent and come to me. The Spirit and the bride say, come. My question for you this morning is, who's your king? Who's your king? And let's stop being all religious. Like, Who is your king, really? If we were to just have an outside person look at your life and look at your thoughts and your, your time and your money and whatever, what story does it tell? Who is your king? The, the, the great news is this morning, friends, is the kingdom of this earth is a wreck. It's a train wreck. It's such a train wreck. I, I'm hardly looking at Facebook anymore. I mean, except for posting mission stuff and church stuff, I, I'm off it. I can't bear it. My soul cannot bear it. Uh, Instagram's not as bad, but still, if people get preaching, I just have to mute them. I, I, I can't take it. I see the brokenness. I see the broken marriages. We see the addiction. We see the ugliness, the harshness. And I am so grateful to God that we have a kingdom that is not of this world, that is a beautiful kingdom with a beautiful king, and you're all invited. But the only way into that kingdom is through that narrow gate, Jesus Christ, believing, trusting, and letting him be Lord and firing yourself, that he is Lord of lords and he is King of kings. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.